Hello, hello, superhero fans, and welcome to Vigilante Vibes, a Marvel podcast where we break down, digest, and spill the tea on all things Marvel, MCU, and nerd culture. I'm your host, Max Taff, and I'm joined by the Blue Angel to my Black Panther, Megan Nicole. Hello, Buttercups. On today's episode, we celebrate Black History Month. We also discuss new reactions to the Marvels as it's finally been released on Disney Plus, along with so much more. Let's dive in. Let's go. All right. So today we celebrate Black History Month. Black History Month started when Black educators and Black United students at Kent State University first proposed Black History Month in February of 1969. The first celebration of Black History Month took place at Kent State Fair a year later, from January 2nd to February 28th, 1970. In 1976, President Ford issued the first Black History Month commemoration, saying, with the celebration, we can seize the opportunity to honor the too often neglected accomplishments of Black Americans in every area of endeavor throughout our history. Ever since then, every February, we celebrate the amazing African American culture and community. Today, we're celebrating by discussing Black History Month and Black characters in Marvel Comics and the MCU. So, let's start with the first Black superhero of Marvel. The most famous one, you guys have probably all heard this name before, you should have by now, Black Panther, who debuted in April of 1966's Fantastic Four issue number 52. As fans of the Marvel Cinematic Universe already know, T'Challa's a pretty groundbreaking character by any measure. The superpowered king of an uncolonized African nation with sci-fi technology, he's unequivocally equal to any of his fellow Marvel superheroes from his very first appearance. In an era where just portraying white and black characters interacting in fiction could be controversial, Black Panther represented a strong pro-civil rights, pro-equality editorial stance at Marvel Comics, which is absolutely beautiful. It was this stance that led to Black Panther being the first non-white member of The Avengers, starting with issue number 51. That issue hit stands just two years after his creation in April of 1968. Black Panther became one of Earth's mightiest heroes at the recommendation of Captain America himself. Hard to send a message much clearer than that. It's very true. They He's a badass. Another character that isn't talked about enough is Marvel's first black hero. Black Panther was the first black superhero, but Gabe Jones was the first black non-superpowered hero. Created by Stan Lee and Jack Kirby, Gabe Jones debuted as in Sergeant Fury and is Howling Commandos number one. One of the team's members, his inclusion, made the Marvel Universe far less racist than real life. There were no such integrated American military units in World War II, with the first coming out about in 1948. Given that the first issue of Sergeant Fury, by Stanley and Jack Kirby, again, came out in 1963, it's an example of the revisionist history that would be employed in Marvel Comics from time to time. Much like an angel of the same name, Gabe Jones was known for blowing a trumpet. With his musical talent allowing him to go into a prestigious musical school, courtesy of the military. On the battlefield, the music he played was of a different tune, with his machine gun constantly crescendoing amid a symphony of Nazi organs. <laughs> that was a wild sentence wow. to read. It was. 
<laughs> Other early wartime missions had Gabe save a kidnapped baby in Wakanda, with the king of Wakanda offering him citizenship there. After the war, Gabe would have a successful career as a musician, though he re-enlisted in the military during the Korean War. The heroism that he showed for his country was recognized by Nick Fury himself, who selected Jones and other Howling Commandos to help him form S.H.I.E.L.D. during the comics of the Silver Age. Though he lacked superpowers, Gabe and some of his allies would receive the Infinity Formula, granting him an exceptionally long life that sadly ended, af ended after the events of Secret Invasion. Next, let's talk about the first black female character in the comics. Marvel's first black woman was Jill Gerald. First introduced in June of 1965, Jill Gerald was a black English model that appeared in issue number 47 of the Millie the Model comic book. She joined the series as one of the new talents hired by Millie Collins for her Hanover agency. Her comic debut kicked off Jill Gerald's history-making role as the first reoccurring black woman and woman of color in any Marvel comic. The inclusion of Jill Gerald in Millie the Model came at a time when black characters were rarely seen in comic books of any genre. For instance, Black Panther didn't make his first appearance until the Fantastic Four number 52 in July of 1966. The Falcon, Lee, first appeared in Captain America number 117 in September of 1969. Yeah, I didn't know that. That was really cool to learn. Yeah. Marvel's first black female superheroes were released really closely to each other. I'm talking about none other than Misty Knight and Storm. Mercedes Misty Knight was created by Tony Isabella and Arvel Jones. The character was first mentioned in Marvel Premiere, issue number 20 in January of 1975, and first appeared in Marvel Premiere, issue number 21, March 1975. Storm, Aurora Monroe, was created by writer Len Wayne and artist Dave Cockrum. The character first appeared in Giant Size X-Men, issue number 1 in May of 1975. Misty Knight is a former NYPD detective turned private eye, a martial arts master with a bionic arm. Misty was inspired by black exploitation heroines like Pam Greer and is most famously known for her action-packed adventures with Luke Cage and Iron Fist. She has also co-starred in her own series, Daughters of the Dragon, with her PI partner Colleen Wing, who is from Iron Fist, the Netflix Marvel show. Mm-hmm. Her first, oh, fun fact, her first bionic arm was created by Tony Stark, Iron Man, and she, uh, she later received a vibranium updated version from T'Challa, who is Black Panther. Wow. As for Storm, right? As for Storm, she is arguably the most famous black superhero, period. Aurora Monroe has been worshipped as a literal African goddess. Storm has the ability to fly and control the weather. She is also considered one of the most powerful characters in all of Marvel. Storm ha was even pitted against DC's top female heroine, Wonder Woman, and emerged victorious, winning the fan poll that determined the winner. She may not be the first, but Storm is as important a black superhero, male or female, that has ever been created. I totally agree. I love Storm. I love yes. Misty Knight, and I've said in past episodes that, you know, if... 
now that the Netflix shows are MCU canon, I would love to see Misty back in action, in live action in the MCU for sure. I would love to see something like where Shuri makes her like her new bionic arm. And I would love to see, you know, finally her and Colleen teaming up because it was yes. hinted so heavily before those shows ended. It's like, come on, Marvel, let's pick it back up. That would be amazing. I would love that. I'm saying I really wanted to see that. I I loved Misty Knight. And Same. I... I didn't know that her arm originally, well, in the comics, was from Tony Stark. They could really make that, uh, and they could just skip that part altogether. I don't really care if they do or not. But they could just go straight to her getting an updated one from Wakanda if she ever met Shuri. Yeah, mm-hmm, absolutely. So, or even, like, you know, Ironheart could make her a new arm or something. That'd be incredible, too. <gasps> That's right. That mm. could work. I like this a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it would be amazing. I definitely want to see Misty back. And I mean, I'm I love Storm. She's actually one of my absolute favorite X-Men characters. I love her power set. I love her strength. And I really I, I can't wait to see her come to live action in the MCU. And it I mean, it's been rumored that she could possibly be making a cameo in Deadpool 3. And you know, if Holly Berry comes back, I would just be like I would, I would just die. Like, that'd be amazing. I liked Halle Berry as Storm, although I think they could have done better with the writing and yeah. a lot of it. But, I mean, she gave it her all. And plus, it's Halle Berry. She's fantastic. Yeah, I mean, it, her. You know, when it comes to Halle Berry as Storm in the Fox X-Men franchise, it definitely was not her fault. If there were any, you know, bad parts about her character. It was all, like, the writing, which is, you know, typical complaints from Fox. But... Um, you know, I mean, hopefully going forward, they, they really pay some great attention to her character because she absolutely deserves it for sure. And wasn't she tricked into taking the role? They told her it was going to be one thing and it wasn't. And then she took the role, you know, signed the contracts, found out it wasn't what they promised and she still had to do it. Yeah, it was something like with X3, they had this whole um, storyline that they pitched to her to bring her into that third movie. And it was something where... I can't remember the exact specifics, but she was supposed to have this whole storyline where she's saving um, like an African village or something like that or some some something to that effect. And then they ended up just completely not ever even considering putting that in the film. They just wrote those scripts to like yeah. convince her to come back, which was just so ridiculous. But yeah, it was a fake whatever. script. Like, oh, I'd be livid. <sighs> Me too. But we can't discuss black history of Marvel without mentioning the first black comic artist whose name is Billy Graham. He was an extraordinary illustrator, editor, writer, letterer, inker, and comic book penciler. Graham was given a full page spread in the New York Times in March 11th or in March of 2018, complete with examples of his work, none more compelling than his collaboration with writer Dan McGregor on early variants of Black Panther. Graham was one of the lead team members that launched Luke Cage, Hero for Hire. He inked the premiere issue in 1972, and during the 16-issue run of the series, he either inked or penciled each issue. The last comic work he did was on Power Man and Iron Fist, he, the retitled Luke Cage series. That was, he did so much. I didn't realize how much he was actually involved. I knew... Of his name and I knew he was involved but I didn't know to the extent so kudos to him that's awesome yeah for sure I mean obviously a man who wore many different hats throughout his time with Marvel Comics and did them all very well because there's some really big names that he worked on 
and that's yeah. pretty incredible. It is. Good good for him. Yeah, good for him. <laughs> we asked the members of our Facebook group, Mediaverse Comics Unwrapped, for their favorite Black Marvel character, and here's what they had to say. Jeremy R. said, Unconventional pick here, but Spike from X-Men Evolution. I know he was never popular, and I don't think he ever showed up anywhere outside of this, but saw him when I was a kid, and he was my favorite character in the show. Always just kind of stuck with me since. Wow. Yes, Jeremy. That I So, I grew up and adored and just loved X-Men Evolution. So, yes, Jeremy, this... I like this answer a lot. Yeah, like it really sometimes is those secondary characters on a show that are like you never see anywhere else, but just like just hit so well at the mm -hmm. time, you know, that they just leave a lasting impression. Sometimes it's like that. It is. And it Spike was really, really cool. So good, good, good answer. Good pick. Good pick, Jeremy. Good pick. Good job. Steph R says... Mercedes Misty Knight, she's absolutely badass. She's not just physically strong, but mentally strong as well. Misty takes whatever challenge comes her way and overcomes it. Fun fact, her and Iron Fist had the first interracial kiss between superheroes in mainstream comics in 1977. Ooh, that's interesting. Yeah, see, I didn't know that. that that's so cool. Misty, my goodness. That's so juicy. I love it. You get it, because... Iron Fist, that's a that's a hot catch right there. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know the 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 one thing I forgot to say earlier is that I I love the time periods that some of these you know groundbreaking choices that Marvel decided to make were done in. I mean, when you talk about like the the mid to late sixties and and early seventies, I mean, such poignant times in the civil rights movement and such just. For, for Marvel, such a big brand to be fully embracing the black community during those times and being kind of like the pioneers of incorporating black characters into their storytelling, it's it's mm -hmm. really it's a beautiful thing, especially at such a like such a touchy time period for them to be so outspoken and so willing to incorporate you know people of different skin colors in their in their um, in their comics. I just think that's amazing, and it, it's so just it's so inspirational and definitely made a big imprint on, you know, incorporating black people into media as a general. It definitely shows that how much they cared when they, you know, they risked it all every time they made one of these decisions. When they said, we're going to have yeah. the first interracial kiss. We're going to have our first black reoccurring character. When we, we are going to have the first black superhero and he is a king and he is the richest of the entire uh universe that it it's something should be said about that because that's i mean you look at it today people really aren't willing to give that kind of chance but like they did at a time that they could have easily lost everything with every decision so hats off to you guys yeah i mean back then backlash for going against societal norms was so much worse than it is now i mean it, controversy back then really could make or break a business and the fact that they were so ahead of their time with this I think is really amazing yeah exactly alright so our last member Dorian E says Miles Morales but I could see myself in him as a black and Puerto Rican man hmm 
that's nice. See, it's all about that representation, finding yourself in characters. It's it's beautiful. That's what I was going to say. That's what it's all about, being able to relate mm -hmm. to them and seeing yourself. You could see yourself as that character. That That's a great thing. Yeah, so, it, it, it's really true. It, I mean, I recently started watching Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur, an animated series with a black girl as the main lead. And I thought this was just going to be kind of like, you know, just kind of like just one of those animated shows that are, you know, for young kids, doesn't really have a lot to it. But I will tell you, like, I'm not even full, fully through the first season yet, but the amount of just incredible information that this show is teaching to young people. And like, there was this whole episode where Moon Girl is going through like a cr identity crisis with her hair and her hair texture, which is something that is so poignant in you know in the black community and with and, and in the ethnic community as a whole um and i found myself relating so hardcore to her struggles like i mean as someone who grew up with like coarser curly hair you know i like who was always told that you know my hair needed to be strained my hair couldn't you know my curls were ugly you know my curls were too ethnic seeing that representation and seeing someone actually address those issues it really made like I mean me as an adult now like if I had watched this as a child I feel like I would have viewed myself differently and I feel like it's so important that we're getting this type of storytelling especially nowadays I I just I love it I love the representation I love being able to relate to to different struggles that aren't you know like quote-unquote white struggles or you know a majority geared towards you know white people I think it's really beautiful and it, it's it's wonderful I didn't realize it was that deep of a show because I watched I think I got like through the first episode and said, I'll, I'll come back to it. Cause I was like half watching, like kind of on your phone, but it's still on. So I really need to give mm -hmm. it a shot. I need to start that. I like this. I think so. I think you do. I think you do. I mean, like they, I've only watched like, I think the first maybe six episodes and just in those six episodes, they touch on topics. Like, like I mentioned, like, you know, hair identity, they talk about like dealing with online trolls. They even talk a little bit about like, you know, gender pronouns in a way that's not like preachy. It's what? not like forcing, but it's just it's just educating. And I think that it's so wonderful how they're how they've handled so many like tough topics and how they're actually using that platform to educate. I think it's beautiful and it's great. I think we should probably maybe even do an episode on it. We'll see. Honorable mention, Static Shock, the show, was named by so many people that I wanted to read a couple of these comments because even though it's not Marvel, it's still a really cool black superhero and it's a really really good show andres l says static shock i loved the cartoons as a kid it was one of the few times i even saw a whiff of other person of color characters at the time and even if they were gang babies <laughs> static <laughs> was my anchor character for how it must feel to have a super version of one of your people the episode where they have to deal with Rich's dad prejudices hit a little too close to home, but it was the first time I ever saw a cartoon acknowledge that, yeah, some adults treat us differently for things we didn't even really grasp yet. You see, finding something that you can relate to in the storytelling is so important. And see, look how it touched someone's life like this. Like, I think that's incredible. Yeah, I think so, too. Like, that's that's just something that kind of, like, warms my heart. Because, like, I am a white person, so I've always seen myself on TV. I've never had to think, why aren't I represented? Why don't I see myself? But then you kind of, you have to look at it from a different perspective that other people don't have that luxury. 
So seeing someone who did find that luxury so long ago is something really incredible. Yeah, it is. So, it really is. Yeah, yeah. Eric L. says, Static Shock 100%. He was created to be a positive character and role model for a generation of black children who lacked representation and characters that looked like them. He addressed experiences they could relate to, filling the massive void of impactful heroes of color. Aww. Wow, that's amazing. And that's if you amazing. guys have never seen Static Shock, the show is Static Shock. The hero is named Static. Definitely check it out. It's really cool. And they're supposed to make a live action. It's, so I don't, I don't know. But it's really good. That would be a great live action to make. I remember liking Static Shock a lot back in the day. Yeah. And even back then, like, you think about it, like, that show took place in the 2000s. People didn't even really start having conversations about it, making sure there was, a, like, diversity in storytelling on, you know, TV and in movies until, like, the, the late 2010s. So the fact that, again, another series ahead of its time, and I just, and that's wonderful. I mean, it, it's, it's great. I think so too. It's it's nice to see how many people were able to find someone they can relate to. Cuz I asked mm -hmm. our Facebook group Mediaverse Comics Unwrapped, who's your favorite superhero of color? And there were so many different answers. I was afraid it was going to mm. be Storm and Black Panther. And that was it. But oh my gosh, there were so many and I was so it was really nice to read. It was really good to see. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I think it's incredible when you think of just just the MCU, right? And you think of how many characters of color have been introduced to us and who have made it into like mainstream billion dollar film franchise. I, it's just I mean, you've got characters like Rhodey, right? Who plays um, War Machine. You've got uh, or I'm sorry, you've got Rhodey or War Machine. You've got um, Wong. You've got Ironheart, you've got Misty Knight, you've got Luke Cage, you've, I mean, there's just like an endless amount of these characters that we have to choose from now, where back in the day, it was kind of like, which white superhero do you want to be for Halloween? Now there's yeah. so many different options. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you know, you've got Sam Wilson as Captain America now, and you've got just, I, I just, I think it's so wonderful to see the diversity. And it just, it, it, it warms my heart and it really makes me happy because it, it, it just, makes everything so much more accessible and so much more inclusive and make people really feel like they're they're able to be seen on television that they're you know it's not just for the white audience it's for everybody and I think that's really important beautifully said thank you so if we did go through all of this black history month's information if we got anything wrong please let us know and we'll correct it on the next episode because a lot of this we were learning for the first time which i love doing and Max loves doing it too. Same. So if you heard mm -hmm. something that we didn't get correct, just let us know. We won't take it offensively. We'd rather be right than wrong. Absolutely. Anytime we say something incorrect, please feel free to correct us. Because you know what? Lord knows we're not perfect, and but we try our best. <laughs> but we still pretend we're perfect. Whatever. I know. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> So, the Marvels has released to streaming. And it's like we're going through the premiere all over again. It's 
Yeah. It's been a not a bad a lot, but just a lot. Just a lot in general. It's yeah, it's been a lot of um craziness online, but one thing I'm happy to see is that a lot of people now that it's available on streaming and so accessible to, you know, the general audiences now, a lot of people are coming out and saying how much they loved the film and how they wish they had seen it in theaters, even though they should have been there from the beginning. But I'm just so happy to see like a lot of the positive, you know, stuff that I loved about the Marvels that Megan and I had discussed, you know, a few months ago back when it came out, finally getting its day, finally getting that recognition. And and again, you know, as part of Black History Month, another incredible film with a an African American lead. And I think that's just fantastic. Yeah, I it was a perfect month for it to come out. Uh Black History Month, Women's History Month. Yeah. So- you, they really planned that one well <laughs> but it's true happy, wow I didn't think about that yeah I'm happy to see how many people are like oh I wish I saw it in theaters and it's like well don't let the internet change your mind don't let yeah. pointless clickbait ruin it for you don't let rumors ruin it for you like just do, just go if you want to go see it go if you don't don't but I've seen a lot of positives I've seen a lot of negatives but most of them are valid they're not saying oh it's Mm -hmm. trash it's flop it's mcu it's woke it's been mostly like i didn't like the pacing i didn't like the writing Mm -hmm. i I felt like the end was rushed and that's valid that's good good you have reasons you watched it that's great so i've really appreciated a lot of that i don't know if you've noticed this megan but i mean it's so funny how the negative comments have since shifted since now it's so available people can actually watch the film before you were getting when you know when the film came out in theaters you were getting a lot of the mcu and oh this and that like all those bullshit complaints from people who had never even seen the film who had not gone to see the film yet now at least people when you know when they have their negative opinions they're actually opinions on something they've actually watched instead of just complaining about stuff that doesn't even matter or that isn't even true so i'm really i'm really happy to see at least people are forming opinions but one thing I want to say about this, and I hope this is the lesson that a lot of people take away. Don't let the internet, don't let social media tell you what to like and what not to like. You know, form your own opinions. Like Megan said before, it's 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 important to, you know, gauge things for yourself and to think for yourself. Because if you, you know, look what happened. You could have, you missed out on a great film when it came out. And now you're like, oh, I wish I had seen it in theaters. Well, Guess what? You didn't. <laughs> and you let those negative opinions from people who probably didn't even see the film sway you to not watch something. And that's, you know, it's so important to make your own opinions, to give things a chance. Don't just listen to some crazy on Twitter or on social media spouting about how the MCU is so woke and it's an MCU now. And, you know, oh, it's it's because it's all female leads and, oh, it's because there's a black lead. And, oh, you know, it, it's, it's important to go into things for yourself and not just to listen not just disregarding something based on something you're reading online yeah and you know there there's been movies that i missed in the theaters that i was just kicking myself because i wasn't able to get to the theaters so mm-hmm. like shang chi i would have really liked to see that in theaters but i wasn't able to mm. so i i know how some of you feel right now <laughs> some of you genuinely couldn't mm. get to the theater and i get it child care the you have a job you it costs money i get it it's totally cool but the people who said i'm not seeing this trash in theaters i'll just wait till it streams and then you watched it and you're mm-hmm. like shoot i should have watched it in theaters 
I, yep. I just want to tell you guys that was the most fun I had in a movie theater in a long time. Like, I had a ball. It was so fun. And, you know, I haven't gotten a chance to rewatch it yet. I'm a busy woman. But hmm. I think I'm still going to like it just as much, if not more, because I know what's coming. And then I get to see the uh, post credit scenes again, which were just everything to me because I love X-Men. I Same. really want to see Kamala. I want to see oh Kate. I always want to call her Haley, but her name is Kate. I want to see them come together to form the Young Avengers, even though I'd prefer yep. they go by a different name, not Young Avengers. I don't think that's a good idea. <laughs> so, well, because I think they're relying too much on the Avenger portion of it, and I think a lot of people don't realize that you either have superhero fatigue or you have Avenger mm -hmm. fatigue. So oh, yeah. I think give them their own identity. Don't rely on the Avengers. A lot of people are done with the Avengers. So just move on from it. Give them something else. So I think that would be really cool. And X-Men. Yeah, and I mean, I feel like exactly the X-Men <laughs> of it all. I feel like when you didn't see it in theaters and you had like the post credit scene like spoiled for you online, like it was you missed out on that initial reaction because it, it, it almost took me back when I was watching this film in theaters it almost took me back to like an endgame type of thing obviously not yeah. on the same level as endgame but like those surprises like you know Steve picking up Mjolnir kind of those like those moments where you're in a collective in a theater with a collective of fans and they're all like gasping at the same moment because we know how groundbreaking and like you know universe changing it is like that moment when you know obviously spoiler alert if you haven't seen it yet because you waited for streaming you know be warned but that moment at the end that post credit scene where we see monica rambo wake up and she's in an x-men universe and she's waking up in the x-mansion and she's talking to beast and binary and they're talking about charles xavier and, and it's like it was just such a like mind-blowing moment i remember my jaw hit the floor i was like oh my god that's beast beast is in the mcu this is crazy and everybody around me did the same thing and it was just that it was that that collective experience that you're missing out on by having you know just disregarded the film and not seeing it in theaters like that that to me is some of the best you know feeling from a marvel film that you can get is when you're in that theater and you're just surrounded by other people who are just as like shocked intrigued and excited by what they're dropping in front of you as 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 you know as you are so i just i'm that alone is worth going to these films for sure is for those big moments where they drop those little nuggets of of excitement on you yeah i the uh the night the movie came out it was a thursday i'm in a spoiler chat where we send each other spoilers because that's just who i am and i got this picture of beast and i was like no freaking way I saw the picture of Binary standing in front of the X door. And I was like, oh my God, they're going to do the thing. And then they did the <laughs> thing. And it was amazing. And I just, she, Binary looked phenomenal, incredible, mm -hmm. amazing. I loved how Beast looked. I, I know everyone's yeah. like, oh, he's CGI. They did the, I don't care. I, I don't give one shit. CGI does, does not bother me whatsoever. You can give me whatever mm -hmm. you want. I will take it. So I thought he looked incredible. And then I just, I want to know what happens because you know Monica Rambo gets home at some point. Who's yes, coming with too. her? Who's coming with her? Who's 
who's sending I her back? Who knows how to get in between? Like that that's a lot that we need to figure out because I'm not very patient. I'm I'm literally wearing an X-Men shirt right now. I'm just too, I'm not patient. Especially with X-Men 97 coming. Yes. I, so I didn't tell you about this. But I would like for you to watch the X-Men animated series. I want you to go through them and we will watch it together and we will come back every episode to talk about it. Okay. Because I, okay. I need, I think you will love it and I need you to do it. I'm down. Okay. Yes. I'm down. I've, I won't lie. I've tried watching it a couple times, but I just couldn't like, I don't know. I couldn't get into it, but maybe this will be like the motivation I need to finally get into the first season. Because I mean, I love X-Men. Like I love, like the X original X-Men films were some of the first like comic book movie films that got me into this whole thing and I just absolutely loved the live action films so it's like I need to just like push myself into watching the animated series because I know once X-Men you know 97 comes out we're going to be talking about it I need to be caught up so yes so definitely exactly. challenge accepted challenge yes accepted. because X-Men 97 is a continuation so if we started that and you didn't know what was going on we have a problem because I know <laughs> so obviously <laughs> so I think that needs to happen. I also, I didn't tell you, I didn't tell you to be like shady. I actually forgot until this very moment. And I was like, oh my God, I got to tell him now. <laughs> so hello. Oh God. <laughs> listeners, this is how that happened. <laughs> well, I'm so down for this. Um, so yes, we'll definitely, we'll definitely do that. Um, but I, yeah, I'm just so excited to, to see, to see where this all leads. Like why like, I'm, I'm the thing I'm most curious about with X-Men 97, now that we're talking about it is like, why is Marvel deciding to re to reboot this series or to, you know, to continue this series in particular and give it that extra season? Like, I'm just so curious as to what, like, is this leading up to something? I know some people exactly. have, you know, some people have theorized that the X-Men we're going to be getting is going to be a continuation, a live action continuation of the like 97 continuity. So that could be really interesting as well. I don't know. Let's see. Let's see. It's a lot of X-Men in different ways, but at the same time. Yeah. That's what she said. But so <laughs> why is it all happening at once? Like I'm excited, but it's it's like you said, like the, the timing is sus. Yeah, and you know, it, it seems like Marvel really is, like, we're, it feels like we're finally here. Like, the Fox merger was, like, a few years ago now, and we've all been asking the question, like, when are they going to introduce the X-Men? When are the X-Men coming? When are mutants coming to the MCU? And now it's, like, it, we're getting Deadpool 3 in a couple months. We know that film is going to be heavy on mutants and X-Men, and it's, like, what yeah. does all this mean? We're finally here. We're, like, we're almost to Deadpool 3. Like, I, I'm so stoked to finally be getting these answers or to finally be getting at least something about what's going to happen um the binary tease was incredible i you know there's the only thing about bi the binary thing in captain marvel that I, it bothers me is the fact that they're taking this character like monica rambo who they've established as having this very close relationship with her mother have, you know it was established in wandavision that she was at the hospital waiting for her mom to come out of surgery when the you know the snap happened and she disappear for five years she comes back her mom is dead then we get this very emotional reunion in this post-credit scene but it's like i want to know like what what they talked about i want to know what monica told binary like did she tell her that 
her mom is her in another universe like does binary have her own daughter like does why doesn't binary have a monica like I, there's so many questions i have about this that i know that they're gonna end up like skipping over because you know they're probably next time we're gonna see them it's gonna be like in the middle of their story they're teaming up or or whatever the case is i i need these i, I want this I want these like things explained more like that's that's one thing i really want these things explained i do too i was like what a cruel thing to do <laughs> to monica yeah she lost her mom to us she, yeah she lost her aunt <laughs> carol <laughs> she she was blipped she she's had a lot happen to her and then they're like oh here's a body double of your mom but she's like she's not your mom best of luck I was like, that's so I know. Cheesy, but like, <laughs> I'm into it. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I know. I just, I, I just really wanted that follow up. I wanted to see what that conversation was like between them. Like, I, I don't know if we're gonna get it, but I want it. Like, I, I just, I want to know what's, what, what the T is between them. Like, how they established who they are to each other. Like, what, what the, the scenario is that they're existing in. Like, I just, I need that. But I definitely think that when Monica comes home we're going to see her show up with binary for sure. Like, I think we're going to get binary into the MCU at least for, for a temporary amount of time or, or some kind of something. I don't know. I, I would also love to see Carol's reaction to binary too, that, because yeah. you know, yeah. Wait, so wait. I don't know. I didn't think about it until you said it out loud. And I was like, Oh shit. <laughs> I want to know what Carol thinks. She's just, yeah. she's all confused. She doesn't know what's going on. <laughs> Poor girl's been through enough too. It's so god odd. like it's 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 so interesting because yeah like I, I would love to see like a captain marvel binary team up that would be like chef's kiss like i don't i don't know so much so many good things could come from this like i'm just so excited to see where it all leads and then it could sh i can just see it now that like kamala is like wait so that's not your mom but that is your mom but she used to be a captain marvel but she's not oh, yes okay that's that's what i need <laughs> out of everything to show us i need that Exactly, exactly. Like Kamala's reaction, like Binary's wearing both of her bangles in that X-Men universe. So like, what is her reaction gonna be to seeing that? Like, what does that mean for her and her like powers? And like, uh, I don't know, so many questions, so many good good plot points they've now introduced with this post-credit scene. Just, I can't wait. I'm so excited to see where that future leads. I am too. I really want to get the Marvels on DVD so I can see the deleted scenes. And I'm not like a yes. I'm not a big like DVD Blu-ray. I don't know what you people call it anymore. I don't know. I don't buy them. <laughs> oh God! But like, I <laughs> physical media. I, there it is. That's it. That's the one. I'm sorry, guys. I'm really sick, so I'm I'm trying my best. Um, I just want to see those deleted scenes. I'm sure Marvel will post them at some point, but I want to see like I want to see a bloopers. I want to see mm -hmm. all of it. I want to see how they are backstage with each other. I just, I want it all. Cause they just, they just all look like so comfortable to with each other, which is really hard to do with mm -hmm. three women and three completely different stages of their career. You have Kamala who just started. You have Brie who's gotten so much backlash that I'm sure she's a little more turned into herself. And then mm. you have, Harris. Tiana. Tiana Harris. <laughs> then you have Tiana Harris who just had a baby, just is booming right now. Her whole life is just happening. And they're still like sisters. Like that's a that's a beautiful thing. And I want to see how it is without the cameras in front of them or them reading lines. Just 
on their own, just authentic. I know, I know. I, I wish we could have gotten the press tour for this film. Like, that yeah. damn strike ruined that for us. And so close, too, because it ended, like, the same day the film came out. <laughs> and it was just like, oh, to see them doing, like, heavy press, like a full press tour, like, kind of like what Dakota Johnson is, is giving us now for Madam Web. Like, to have mm -hmm. seen them, like, fully being able to, like, you know, see how they interact, seeing their chemistry. I mean, what we did get earlier last year of them doing interviews together, it looked so good. They seemed to genuinely or genuinely like each other and to genuinely get along well. So I don't know. I, I just, I wish we could have gotten more of that, I, you know, but who knows? Maybe we will someday. I think it was the strikes ended the night after their big Hollywood premiere that like none of the actors were at or anyone yeah. else was at. Just like, I think Kevin was there and like no one else. <laughs> just Kevin. And then, yeah. And then the next day it ended. And then like, I think that night, uh, Brie Larson just showed up to a bunch of small premieres to keep it going, like surprising fans. Yeah. And then Iman showed up to a bunch of random ones. They did what they could. And like, I was really appreciative. Like, good for you. You you know that they were just waiting for the go-ahead to just jump on a plane and go. And I like that. Yeah. It, so it was nice to actually see them do that. I agree. And I've been saying it from the beginning. I feel like if this film had gotten a proper press tour it would have been a lot more successful at the box office for sure. I think it would have been just a lot bigger of a turnout and it would have created a lot more buzz for the movie. I honestly, I think that, that I wish, I honestly wish they would have just postponed the Marvels a little bit and maybe released it like this year at the beginning of the year, just a couple months later. Cause then it would have just, it would have just, it would have been a lot bigger. It would have been a lot better, but you know. Yeah. But then they'd have to can't push. go back everything else like uh loki x-men uh deadpool mm. and freaking everything but i don't know we got what we got we we loved it so it worked out well for uh, for us at least yeah at the end of the day we can't go back we can only go forward and i i mean a lot of people are finally realizing what a gem this film is and i'm just uh, that's that's the main takeaway for me is that i'm just so happy that people are finally giving it its flowers for sure Agreed. Very much agreed. All right. So that takes us into Tea Time with Max and Megan, where we break down the latest Marvel and comic book movie gossip and news, starting with the sentencing of Jonathan Majors, who, as most of you remember, was convicted of assault in late 2023 and subsequently fired from the MCU as King the Conqueror. Uh, his sentencing was delayed after his defense team filed a new motion. Judge Michael Gaffey set a new sentencing date of April 8th. So we will keep you guys updated on that as new details emerge. It's going to keep getting pushed over and over and over and over. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Just, just get it done. I know. So... While Marvel has so far not commented on Pedro Pascal's casting in Fantastic Four, on the SAG website, the actor's bio was pointing out that he will be joining the, the MCU vehicle and is reportedly set to begin production soon, but it got deleted. So, you know, take that for what it's yeah. worth. <laughs> and they took that back real quick, but that was a big slip on their part. Oh, they and got yelled at. Yeah, for sure. They definitely got yelled at. And the funny thing is, the next day, 
Fantastic Four director Matt Shackman posted Pedro Pascal as Reed Richards on his Instagram story, which he then again got deleted a few hours later. He just deleted his entire Instagram after that. So I don't know. That's something something crazy going on. It but, was it like I didn't think it was his real Instagram. I still don't me think either. It like it doesn't make <sighs> sense. I don't know. A lot of people were just rolling with the fact that it was his. And then, you know, so many actors, like, confirmed verified Instagram accounts from Matt Shackman's previous projects, like, uh, real actors and, and other people who were, you know, tied to these projects, were following it. So it, it led me to believe there was some authenticity to it. It was a small account with not that many followers. But yeah. the, the thing with this Pedro Pascal thing gets a little juicier when... We go on to the fact that during a SAG after, because the whole bio thing happened, he was joining a SAG after event, and they put that into his bio for the event, and then they deleted that portion of it. Now the juicy thing was, SAG after then during an interview, I saw the video actually earlier today. Um, a woman was interviewing Pedro, and like one of the last questions she asked him was about his involvement in the MCU and the Fantastic Four. And interestingly enough, Pedro did not confirm or deny it. He just tried to kind of like change the subject and end the interview. So <laughs> hmm, I think we're getting some casting news soon, guys. I think it's, it's oh, about that time finally. 100%. If it's not leaked, I had guesses that it would be D23, but there's a lot happening now. So I think it'll be yeah. soon. So Or they're waiting for like their next dumpster fire of PR to happen so they can just <laughs> drop that information because that's what I would do. I'd keep it in my back pocket. Yeah, so. exactly. Exactly. I mean, they're going to have to announce it soon because the movie is coming out like, like next year. So it's got to happen soon. We're, we're just waiting on it. We're just waiting. But All right. Fine. So... Moving on, Marvel Studios, apparently Marvel Studios thought Eternals was going to be a huge hit, according to Kumail Nanjiani, who portrayed Kingo in the film. He was recently on the Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum podcast and said, I love that movie. I'm very proud of that movie. I'm proud of everyone's work in it, and I'm proud of my work in it. And I've seen that movie a bunch of times because it's like my kind of movie. It was really, really hard because Marvel thought that movie was going to be like really, really well reviewed. And so they lifted the embargo really early and they also put it in some fancy movie festivals and they sent us on a big global tour promoting the movie right as the embargo was lifted he goes on to say and so we had to sort of like travel the world while they thought we'd be going on a wave of raves and it wasn't true it just sort of was the reviews were really bad i was <laughs> reading every review i was checking too much because this thing had become too much in my head this was also right after the pandemic, you know? So we're coming out of this crazy thing, and I'm like, okay, this is going to be the coming out party. I worked too hard for this. He continues on to say that he absolutely does have trauma from the negative experience, and he started counseling as a result of those bad reviews and the negative reception that the movie was receiving. So that's that's pretty crazy. Yeah, that was... That's. I mean, I get it. There, it was so dumped on by the fan base i yeah. didn't like it when i first saw it i had to watch it again to like it to be honest with you but mm. imagine being the actor and marvel's hyping you up like this is gonna be huge you're it's gonna be amazing everyone's gonna love it and then they're like actually no mm. one did no one liked it i'm so sorry yeah that is <sighs> oh that's that's brutal i hope he's doing okay now yeah, I mean, it was such a weird time for that film to come out. I mean, again, strange timing. I think that 
experiences like this are why last year Marvel was so willing to push movies and to re rework things and to make you know push things to try and get better timing and stuff because it really this did come out at the end of you know right after the or during it was still during the pandemics i remember going to see this film at a drive-in theater because it still wasn't 100% you know safe i guess to go to theaters again yeah. um and you know the thing with eternals i've i've liked this film since day one i really enjoyed it i loved the diverse storytelling i love the difference in tone. I love that this was so, so different from what we had seen in the MCU. And again, it was it was one of the first films after Endgame to come out. Um, and it just it, it just hit hit me so fresh. And I really loved the storytelling. And I thought it was just such a solid film. And I'm happy to see that you know obviously he's speaking on his experience right when the movie was coming out. It's been a few years now since the movie came out, and I'm happy to see so many people now coming around kind of like what you said Megan they've given it a couple of rewatches and now they're finally starting to like appreciate the film as a whole and like you know and I, I'm just so happy to see that the reception has kind of started to turn around on this and people have started appreciating those differences and the difference in tone and the fact that you know Chloe Zhao was able to balance such a big cast of characters she was introducing like such a wide variety of personalities and power sets and having to you know introduce this whole new team I think she did such a great job and I'm glad people are starting to finally, you know, get on board with it now. Yeah. I, I like seeing how many people say it's underrated because I think it is. Yeah. I think once we see any of those characters somewhere else in the MCU, not in Eternals 2, nothing to do with them, but somewhere mm -hmm. else, it'll be more appreciated. That's, that's yeah, I, sure. I'm willing to put money on it. That's the situation. I think so too. It's had time to cook, so now I think we're gonna start seeing a lot more positive reaction to those characters moving forward. Hopefully, we, they don't scrap like in Eternals two, and they give us what we need because I I want a follow up on that movie. It ended on such a crazy cliffhanger, so it did. See. It always they always do, and I want the Black Knight because he is so yes. sexy, so so hot. yes. <laughs> Oh god, yes. And the blade setup and the fact that there's a celestial sticking out of the earth. There's just so many things that movie brought into the MCU that now we need like follow up finally on. <laughs> Hard agree. So, yeah. Paul Bettany confirms that he will be back as Vision in the MCU. The announcement came in response to a fan asking if there was a possibility of Vision returning to the franchise in any way, shape or form, to which Bettany responded, "Yes, 100%." So the fan said, in any way, shape, or form, will Vision return, or are you going to return to the MCU? Bettany, after a very long pause, well, yeah, I mean, why wouldn't I? Yes, 100%. So, just a fun fact, this is exactly what he said to one of our members of our Facebook group, Mediaverse Comics Unwrapped. Wow, that's insane. Yeah, her name I is mean, I feel like a lot of people are running with this, and like thinking oh he's definitely coming back but i mean i feel like his answer was like pretty vague because i mean the fan asked a pretty vague question like in any way shape or form will vision return and he's like well yeah why wouldn't i so i mean that could to me that could be taken a few different ways like okay it could be an episode of what if it could be you know uh, uh, something you know not so not like him coming back to the mcu and i mean obviously i think he will his character again was left on such a cliffhanger um Especially there's so much unresolved between him and Wanda. Those vision quests that we're supposed to get. Yeah, then there's white vision floating around somewhere. We don't know. I also think, like, he could have also taken the question and more of, would you want to return? 
you know yes, so it's like exactly. like i do think he's that's what i'm saying yeah like i do think he's gonna return i think vision we're clearly gonna see vision again because that, that's just mm-hmm. that's a huge thing to not do but i yeah. also think like let's all calm down he's not he, he's not filming anything right now for the mcu yeah, like I definitely don't expect to see him show up in Deadpool three or anything. But yeah, I think I think there's plans for him, and he just he kind of gave like the most vague answer he could, which is what all these actors do when they're asked because they're under you know NDAs and things they can't discuss what they've been told or what they've read for their character yet. And again, you know, Vision Quest is something that you know has not 100% been put on a release schedule yet. So I mean, who knows if it's still even happening? But I mean, as for now, I hope so. So let's see. And finally, our last drop of tea for this episode joe manganiello says he'd love to work with marvel again when asked if he would return or work with marvel in the mcu or the sony verse or in any capacity he said i heard sam raimi's doing secret wars is that right i don't know much about agent venom i'd imagine that it'd be over at sony it would be very funny to come back that way spoiling that sam raimi may be a frontrunner to be directing secret wars which I think would be incredible. How cool. I don't know about that. I'm not into that. Mm. But like that was a huge, huge rumor that going around mm-hmm. that Sam was has been tapped to do it, but it was never it never grew into anything. So mm-hmm. I, it's either him spoiling or him showing just exactly how much he's not involved. Yeah, that's true too. So, I mean Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just like I don't know. No offense, guys, but I don't want Sam Raimi doing it. Secret Wars is very important Why? to me because I want the Russos, and I swear to God, I'll do anything to help. Oh, I'll do anything. That's true. I mean, the Russos mm. would be incredible, and I think they've said in the past that they would come back for Secret Wars. Yeah, I don't know why that's... Marvel is hesitating with this. Yeah, that's the one they would come back for. That's why I think it'll be the Russos because why they want that end game phase one phase two feeling to it so i think i think it'll be the russos and you guys heard it here first so sorry sam i said (laughs) (laughs) i i will say though like if it's not the root because you you did get me on the russo train just now like i i wholeheartedly like it they did such a great job with um infinity war endgame and the other films they've done i mean everything that they touch in the mcu has been gold I, i i would love to see them back for um secret wars i think they would just do they would do it so much justice they handled those two huge crossover films with such grace and finesse i mean obviously those are some of the gold standard films of the mcu um Mm. but if they weren't coming back i wouldn't mind sam raimi directing really i I just after multiverse of madness which i did like but that's not that's not secret wars those are two different things i think yeah either not him russo's or someone who has Josh Whedon's talent, but that's not Josh Whedon. Yeah. So. I don't know. These are my demands. Know. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> these are my demands. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a wrap on Vigilante Vibes. Until next time, you can follow me everywhere at His Name is Max. And you can follow me on Twitter at Megan the Gangsta. In case you didn't hear, we are proud members of the Blind Knowledge Podcast Network. So, hi guys. Join our non-toxic Facebook group of over 50,000 members, Mediaverse Comics and Wrapped. Follow our public Facebook page, Mediaverse Plus. Follow us on all of our social platforms at Mediaverse CU. 
Our new episodes will be airing Tuesdays. If you like what you've heard, please hit that subscribe button and drop us a five-star review wherever you are listening to us. We so appreciate it. Thanks for tuning in and goodbye for now. But like seriously, those five-star reviews are like really important. So like stop being a slacker. Get it together. Thank you. Get it moving, guys. Please. <laughs> <laughs>